You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Friday. It's a Friday that has a little bit of nerves in it. But like a great person once said, the nerves just mean something exciting is going to happen. So if you're a Longhorn fan or a Houston fan or a fan of any team still in the bracket, a little extra, a little extra something to it. It's Chad and Zay on this Friday. One of us has those nerves going on today. The other one is wearing an A&M shirt just because, and his team got knocked out by Penn State. I'm Chad Hastings, joined as always by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Let's go, baby. Let's go. Nervous as hell, but this is what you want. You want to be here. Give me opportunity. A- That's all you could ask for. Uh-huh. And Texas has a huge one tonight. Give me a one to ten nerve level right now. At ten, highest nerves you could have. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be clear. Ten plus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at a. 8.5. Yeah, I need you and other, you know, you and other Longhorn fans to explain to me how this one feels cuz I think in my lifetime I've se- I think I've seen AM play like two Sweet 16 games, maybe two or three. I'd have to go count, see how many it is. But I definitely I mean they've obviously not been to the final four during my life. I do not remember a round of 8. I do remember a couple times I actually got to enjoy what you guys are enjoying right now, that week of separation, preparing for another round and all that. I think I've actually gotten to experience that, but it's rare. So uh, Longhorn fans have not had it since 08, but now they get it back, and we'll see if they can handle Xavier tonight. We're going to get into the uh, right call segment here in just a second and get uh, Zay to give you a full breakdown. But uh, we can have Longhorn fans let us know today. Specs text line 337-3776. How are your nerves knowing that you've got to go all the way to 9 o'clock before tip? I mean, everybody's going to have to get some coffee going, Zay. Be staying up tonight. This game's going until 1130 tonight yeah. for sure. Yeah, that last one last night. With Gonzaga and UCLA, it was a late one. Yeah. And your boy had to wake up for B&E this morning with Bucky Gobble and Ty Henderson, which was fun, by the way. That's always fun. I love that show. That show means so much to me. And Bucky Gobble, he was on one today. Bucky was in a mood? Oh, he was definitely in the mood. Okay. Yeah, he said some stuff. In the four hours of the show, Chad, he disrespected his sisters by mm. basically calling them husky. Damn. Um, he talked about his gag reflex, which... Weird. Yeah, yeah it's kind of odd. He needs to keep that with him and his wife. All right. And, yeah, that was basically <laughs> the gist of it. There was a lot more to it, <laughs> but... but- <laughs> Sounds like a lot of people are going to be going back to that podcast. Yeah, he had to apologize to his younger sister. So oh, my God. I'm sure he's not invited back to that part of Pennsylvania anytime soon. Hey, as long as we're mentioning that, let me give a shout-out to 794 people. That's how many subscribers we have on the YouTube page. Let's get it up to 800 during the show today. How about that? YouTube.com slash at the horn uh, Austin. So you don't miss anything, go subscribe to the YouTube page. You'll be able to check out crazy moments when Bucky goes off the rails a little bit, full shows that you missed, different segments that we, that are separated, uh, different podcasts that are up there, uh, the golf tour of Central Texas. If you missed any of that, you can go back to all those golf courses, including the latest one on Austin Country Club. All of that is there on the YouTube page. Let's get it to 800 subscribers during the show today. How about that? 
Let's get it done. All right, so there's a lot to get to. We will get to last night's action where a Big 12 team did survive and advance. We will talk about tonight where a team from H-Town will try to live up to a one seed and advance. But you know what the big focus is for us around here. We are the Horn. We will bring you the game tonight with Texas and Xavier. Remember, 8.30 pregame time, about 9 on the tip. That means Texas baseball and Texas tech go over to 1260 and 101.9. So for you baseball freaks, that's where you'll hear the beginning of that all-important conference series. But right now, we're going to do what we've been doing throughout the season. It is the Right Call segment with Zay breaking down Texas and Xavier. Let's do the sweet version, Zay. I hope. Like I said last week, this is not the last time we do the Right Call segment. (laughs) I hope we're doing this at the exact same time next Friday because the Horns have won two straight games to get them to H-Town for the Final Four. Mm -hmm. But the Right Call segment has been brought to you by Syntex Tickets. Go to SyntexTickets.com for your concert, theater, stand-up, and sports tickets. Hey, Shelby, get them to me. Get them to me quick. Go to SyntexTickets.com. Oh, here we are. Finally, it's been the longest week. I From that game ending with Penn State to now, it has been the longest week. And that's good. Hopefully these guys have been able to get off their feet. And when you have such a mature team like this squad with so many, you know, five-year seniors and so many veterans, the maturity, you know, you don't have to worry about those type of things like getting ready for this game. This team, they're going to be ready. They know what's at stake from Coach Terry still not having the job Mm -hmm. to what happened with their previous coach, now Old Miss's head coach. They kind of want to show everybody, hey, yeah, he was a big part, but we could be good without him. We can win without him. And now what you're seeing at this point of the season playing against Xavier tonight with this squad is a complete team. And that's what we've had question marks on all year long because we've seen the ups and we've seen the downs. The downs getting killed on the boards, being too guard-oriented, you know, not being able to get the bigs involved like they should or the bigs not showing up like they should, you know, lack of movement on offense at times, going on these droughts. And ever since that Kansas game where they beat Kansas at the mood, something changed because it lo- it was looking bad. Losing the Baylor and losing the TCU back-to-back, that wasn't good. And when they beat Kansas and made them look how they did, Bill Self was there. He was at that game, <laughs> made them look how they did. And then moving on to the Big 12 tournament, the confidence has skyrocketed. And now they're a complete team. They're rebounding better, especially the guards. Tyrese Hunter, he's been big on the boards defensively to help those bigs because Texas is undersized. They don't have one player over seven foot. Jack Nungy, big man for Xavier, he's a seven-footer. Texas doesn't have that guy. They don't sue all these post moves and stuff. He's doing that at 6'9", 6'10". Christian Bishop, undersized big, 6'7". So Brock, 6'7". 
Dylan Mitchell around 6'7". So everybody has to rebound. The guards aren't big. Serge Barry Rice has long arms and all, but nobody's really over 6'4". For the four guards, Ontario Morris, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Serge Barry Rice, none of them are over 6'4". If they are, they're about 6'4". So you have to rebound by committee. And there are times this season, those three losses that they had, Texas Tech, TCU, um, Baylor, they got killed on the board. So this coaching staff, they've done a really good job of making that a point of emphasis to where I'm not worried about that anymore because I know those guys are going to crash the boards because they know how important it is to do that. And we've seen that consistently for these last five games or these last six games going back to Kansas when they play them at the mood. So you got to do that tonight. You have to do that tonight. Also, now – you're not relying on the guards as much because you know what Dylan DeSue could bring to the table. You know what Brock Cunningham and Christian Bishop, what they're capable of. And when the offense gets a little stagnant, you could go to that two-man game with Dylan DeSue. I mean, Marcus Carr, that's been money. That's been money when, you know, the motion's not really flowing like you want it to and you go one for 13 from the field like they did against Penn State, which you can't do that tonight at all. One for 13 from three. From three. From three, Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Thank you. From three like you get against Penn State. I wouldn't go State. one for 13 from the floor Yeah, either. that doesn't even make sense. Either way, yeah, that wouldn't mean, you try it? That means there's a lot of turnovers <laughs> happening. We're turning the ball over would, at an extreme rate. Would not try that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. But one for 13 from the three, that can't happen. So when if when that did happen, what did they do? They went to Dylan DeSue. They went to a two-man game. They got it down low. They let him work out one-on-one. And I have confidence in Dylan DeSue going at Jack Nungy tonight. I really do. From the perimeter, we know he can step out and shoot the three a little bit. And if Jack Nungy bites on that pump fake, which we've seen, he's going to be able to get to the rim and do some things, which – if Dylan DeSue hits his first three tonight, kind of like what you saw last night with Drew Timmy, he hit a three early in the game, and yeah. it completely changed the game. Because now those UCLA bigs, which aren't that good with the guys they were missing, now they're like, oh, we got to respect that. And they come up, and Drew Timmy's like licking his fingers <laughs> like after a well-balanced meal. <laughs> and, you know, going back to Texas, Dylan DeSue, he could have that same advantage. Now on the other side, I know Jack Nungy is a 40% free throw shooter, if he hits two, let him, let him – you'll be okay with that. Yeah, 40% from three-point, and he's taken right around 100 of them this yeah, year. Yeah, you'll be okay with that. You'll live. When he hits three, then we'll start pressuring out a little bit. But he doesn't want to shoot that. He only takes around 2.7 the game. He doesn't really want to shoot the three. And like I said yesterday, he was taking more threes when they had their other big man who's out for the season with that foot injury. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have him, so he has to be more down low because they're playing more of a four-guard lineup, even though Jerome Hunter could do multiple things, take you inside and out at six foot eight, which makes them versatile also. So it's uh, there's so many ways the Horns could beat you, which is exciting, but you cannot go one for 13 from the three-point line like they did against Penn State. And I don't expect them to. We've been talking about it all week, them being in Kansas City, them being familiar with the atmosphere, with the rims, the sh- you know depth perception when it comes to shooting. They know all their spots. The court's just going to look, look a little different. It's going to say Sweet 16, Elite 8 in the center instead of the Big 12. You get over that then you'll be fine. But like I was saying when we first started the segment with how veteran savvy they are 
and how confident they are. Like, I was a little nervous about all the attention they're getting. A lot of people are still picking them mm-hmm. to win these next two games and get to the Final Four. You see CBS following them around. I saw CBS, Brock Cunningham, he taking them to, you know, Lady Bird Lake and stuff, talking about, you know, things that he likes to do around. And I'm like, there's a lot of attention. But these are grown-ass men, uh-huh. and they can handle it. And and your and your Texas and your Texas, you should expect it. It's kind of part of it. This is what right? why you came here. You want this attention. Sure. You should enjoy it. You should embrace it. And this team does. We've talked about this season at times when they've looked their best. They could get a little cocky. They could get a little arrogant. We need some of that tonight, because again, the Xavier team, they could play fast and they could run you out the gym really quick. They're not that good defensively. They're around 250-some in defensive efficiency, but offensively they're like top five. Mm -hmm. So Colby Jones, he'll be a late first-round pick, maybe early second round. I think he's going to be a player in the NBA for the next 10 years, 3 and D guy, Swiss Army knife guy. He's not going to be a star in the league. But he's going to be a plug guy that will be able to hit threes for you. He's a good defender. He's tough. He can rebound. And he means a lot to this Coach Mark's, uh, excuse me, Coach Miller offense. I mean, Coach Miller team. Sean Miller, yeah. Sean Miller team. And, you know, Soleil Boom, he's really good too. But he'll have his moments against Marquette in the Big East Championship. One point. One point wow. against Shaka Smart's team. Okay. Now and that's what Texas has been doing to people. They have. Take that best player out. Yeah, they did a really good job on Jalen Pickett, which I think Timmy Allen's gonna be on Kobe Jones tonight because he's around six six. And, you know, that's a great matchup for Timmy Allen, mm-hmm. which his defense, I think, is underrated. We don't talk about it enough because we talk about their team defense. And I think that, you know, it gets lost in what we saw last year and how good they were with Chris Beard. And now they're not as good defensively as a whole, but they're still a really good defensive team, just not what they were a year ago, you know, 2022. But Timmy Allen being able to check Keontae Johnson, Jalen Wilson, Guys like that, mm-hmm. Jalen Pickett, he's not afraid of the moment. So Kobe Jones, as good as he can be and is, that's a great matchup for Texas's favor. Hopefully Tyrese Hunter is on Sule Boom. That's what I was about to ask. Okay. Hopefully we get that matchup. You know, that's picking them up 94 feet. Once Texas scores, you're right there, Tyrese Hunter. Zigzag drill. Making them move, making them turn, making them start that shot clock late. You know, if they start their offense, they barely get it up the court around 21, 22. You like that. You can't let Adam Kunkel get going. He lit Purdue, I mean, um, Pittsburgh up. He lit their ass up. Five threes in the first half. That was ball game there. He's a 41% guy from oh, beyond the arc. He's yard. a really good shooter, yeah. the Beaumont transfer. He's such a good shooter. 6'4. Yeah. yeah. And, and he gets it off quick. He doesn't need much space. He gets it off quick. Not a good defender. Go at him. They're going to try to hide him and put him on Tyrese Hunter, especially when they put Serge Barry Rice in the game. Munch me. Go at him. And we know Tyrese Hunter, he's capable. He's capable of giving you buckets. He had 27 or 28 against Kansas State, which Kansas State last night, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to them. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to them. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Hunter, though. Also a guy that if he can get an early three, we've seen that change games for him. Yep, and where does he like that uh, shot? 
corner wing. Yep. Get him on that corner mm-hmm. ring, uh, wing area. And he shot the ball well this later part of the season. So I'm confident in him getting his jumper back. We know Marcus Carr is going to stay aggressive. It's going to be interesting who they put on him. Mm. Because Sule Boom, he's not the best defender. Adam Kunkel, he's not the best defender. Claw, Desmond Claw, the freshman off the bench at 6'5". He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He had a really good game against Pitt the other day, and he doesn't play like a freshman. So Sean Miller, he's not going to play nine or ten guys. He only played seven the other night. And with all this rest that they've gotten from their last game to now, I expect him, with how these refs are calling no calls, (laughs) you know, they're not going to be in foul trouble. Now, if somebody does get into foul trouble – We'll see. And we kind of saw that last night with Davis and Arkansas. He got into foul trouble early, and that hurt Arkansas for the rest of the game. So hopefully the refs stay consistent and let the guys play. And if they do, I think that favors Texas. Texas and Xavier tonight. We told you the Specs text line is open, 337-3776. Let us know about your excitement level, nerve level, or whatever if you're a Longhorn fan. This text says, Zay, stop hyping me up about Longhorn basketball, exclamation points all the way. I'm driving, and I just realized I'm driving 90 miles an hour on the freeway listening to you. I am so excited, three exclamation points. Yeah, if you get pulled over, just let them know. I'm listening to that Zay Collier, they'll understand. They will totally understand, understand that. That's right. Uh, also, this text simply says, Marcus Carr, no dumb turnovers. Yeah, man. That Colgate game where he was just throwing it to him. Like, he had five really bad turnovers, and I, I, he'll be better tonight. He'll be better tonight. Just mm-hmm. you, you can't have any unforced turnovers. This team is too good offensively, and... Yeah, that that just can't happen. Now, the freshmen, they haven't done much in these two games. You know, Arterio Morris had a really good Big 12 tournament. Dylan Mitchell, he's been better, but what can you really say when you're only getting 10 in nine minutes? That's not much at all. So this first four minutes of the game is huge. When you got Timmy Allen and Dylan Mitchell in at the same time, the offense, we've seen it get very stagnant with those two just because – Hey, you can help off them, and you don't. There's no threat of a three-point shot. So is Sean Miller gonna, you know, obviously they know that at Xavier, and they're gonna try to exploit that whenever Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue have the ball. They're gonna maybe bring two over, and we'll see early if they trust Jack Nungy's playing straight up with Dylan DeSue. Because if he goes out the game, DeSue gets him into foul trouble, and he's crafty, like. He will get you with that. He'll cu- hit a couple of those floaters, push shots, and he'll hit a jumper, and then he'll get you with a pump fake and blow right by you like he did old boy at the Penn State game. And with just the confidence Dylan DeSue's playing, and I expect him to carry that confidence into Kansas City. And again, with how bad they are defensively, they don't want to guard. They just want to run and, you know, they want to get the ball off the hoop and, and just hoop and play. But they've beaten some really good teams this year, like UConn, who we saw beat Arkansas. So they're a mm-hmm. very scary team. Yeah. And they're in the Big East, which we talked about yesterday. The Big East is really good having Creighton, UConn, and then Xavier all advance to the Sweet 16. They've surprised a lot of people, and the team that got sent out, Marquette, won the whole thing. So they're a lot better than what people thought, and 
Xavier, they're not going to be scared of Texas. By the way, Zay, before we hit this break, uh, in reference to that text of the guy saying he was going uh, 90 miles an hour, we also got a text from one of our longtime listeners. Our man Jason from APD says, we are listening to and we understand. See, there we go. Now, I don't know how much I would (laughs) test that, but Jason from APD lets us know they understand too. They got a lot of Longhorn fans uh, in that group, and there's a lot of excitement today as we get ready for Texas and Xavier. We'll keep breaking that matchup down. Also up next, we got to go back to last night where K-State, Gonzaga, UConn, and FAU all advance. Houston is up tonight before the Longhorns get out there. Will the Cougars advance? Got an update on those two injured players for you. That is coming up. Plus, in the crab bag, I will tell you about a situation where I think there might be three goats, not just one. That's all coming up today. It is a uh, an energetic Friday. We'll try to contain it all. Get in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Oh, and by the way, before the end of the segment, we're at 807 subscribers on the YouTube page. What? That's what I'm talking about. Thank you for getting us over 800. Now let's head towards 900. YouTube.com slash at the Horn Austin. We appreciate you. Stay safe out there and uh, stay with us. Keep it here. Don't move. Texas Xavier tonight right here on the Horn. Chad and Zay. This is an easy song if you don't know the name. They get it right to you immediately. This is Mississippi Queen, and it's one I always mess up. Oh, my God. Mississippi Queen is... Is it Mountain? There we go. There we go. Come on now. Off to a good start. Mountain gets us started. That's a great name for a band. I wonder what that thought process was like. <laughs> there had to be drugs. I'm getting yeah, yeah, drugs, yeah. some kind of maybe you're just hammered. All right, quick man, we got to come up with a band name. We got to send it to the management right now. What do you see? Just say what you see. Car, truck, mountain, mountain. That's it. We'll stop. Mountain. We'll go with mountain. I take that. Sure. I mean, maybe they were so high they were. Felt like they were in the mountains. They probably were. Dude, what are you talking about? You live in the desert. Yeah. There's no mountain there. What are you talking about? You're uh, you're right by the coast. There was no mountain. How much you want to back and throw it over these mountains? Yeah, you can throw it right <laughs> over there. Mountain gets us started today. We hope you are having a great Friday. There's a lot of good text coming in on the Specs text line. This says, I'm so hyped. It's been 15 freaking years. Oh, my God. A Texas fan getting ready. For the sweet sixteen, <laughs> it's been a hot minute. It has been a little while. This says I've been listening uh, since E. Hogan was an intern. Damn, Lo- love you guys. Says I may be drunk off that orange drink. I just dipped. Uh, dipped. I just dipped. Oh, dipped from work. Sorry, I just dipped from work. I thought they were getting really specific. <laughs> I just put a dip in. No, no. I just dipped from work in St. Louis. Got in my car. I'm heading to KC to watch. My horns. I may literally explode. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us, even in St. Louis. And uh, definitely uh, best of luck to the Longhorns tonight against Xavier. Someone says, someone texted, how dare you, Chad? No drugs were used by these guys. No, never, never any drugs in the musical world. That does not 
happen. All right, uh, a lot of stuff going on this weekend as the weather starts to clear up around here. Earlier today, there was some rain around the area, but it looks like the weather's going to be great, which is good for everybody. Good for ACC and the golf, the match play. Zay, did you happen to see what Rory did to finish his round yesterday? I did. Wow. What a shot. Almost, I'd say he didn't almost hole it, but he, the the 18th hole is a par four. He hit 349 yards, got 349 on on the carry. It hit the green. It rolled to within like three and a half feet on a par four. Incredible. Incredible stuff. So best of luck to everybody out there with match play. Over at Coda, they're getting ready for the NASCAR events throughout the weekend. And if you want to check out our guys, go to hornfm.com. Rodney Rodriguez and Bobby Chaffee, of course, with Revved Up ATX. They are out there. Horn roving reporter Stu Myrick, Super Super Bowl Stu, Suplex Stu, and in this case, Super Speedway Stu, or maybe it's just Speedway Stu when you're out at Coda. They're out there uh, checking it all out. And if you want to go check out some interviews that Rodney was able to get and the guys were able to get with A.J. Allmendinger, Ty Dillon, Kyle Larson. Those are posted right now at hornfm.com. Revved up at 11 on Saturday, and then we're going to do a special edition at noon on Sunday. We may need to adjust that uh, special revved up time on Sunday because, Zay, there might be a Texas basketball game to deal with on Sunday. That's if they handle their business tonight. Let's go. So stay flexible. We'll try to stay flexible too. And uh, it's a lot of excitement going on around here. So again, Texas Xavier tonight, about 9 o'clock on the tip time. Uh, but there's some other fan bases that are interested in basketball. Let's get into last night, Zay. And why don't we just start in the Big 12 with Kansas State. Holy mackerel. Kansas State and Michigan State gave us everything we were hoping for. 98-93. Is that the one that went overtime? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That went overtime, right? Mm -hmm. That was the overtime game. I don't remember another one in this tournament. Were there other overtime games? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe when they, yeah, I, I thought there may have been one or two. I couldn't remember another one, but that was serious levels of excitement. Marquise Noel, a guy we have watched throughout the season. Zay, we've we've been following their path, and it's been a weird one. They had their, they had what we felt like was they had a, a sort of a peak in the regular season. Then they kind of went away for a while, and nobody nobody talked about them as much. And man, they've started punching in this tournament. Twenty points and nineteen assists for Noel last night. What'd you make of the Wildcats? Amazing. I mean, the last game they lost in the Big Twelve tournament, they lost by thirteen points to TCU. And Marquise Noel, he did not have the best game. He only had eleven points, five assists, and I think he had around seven turnovers. So they locked him up. But the difference, Chad, in that game and in these March Madness games. In the Big 12, that game was the third time they played TCU that year. Mm, yeah. So the scouting that Jamie Dixon had on Jerome Tang's squad is way different. As good as Tom Izzo is, which his record is a little different, like we talked about yeah. yesterday with all that time off, than it is two days. Yeah, the toughest one with him is the two day. This is when we said yesterday. Oh, this is where he thrives? This is no, no, he, or he struggles. He, he he does a little I don't know about struggles, okay. but the record's not as good on the long run 
he's really good if he's got to do the quick back-to-back. So Tang had the opportunity here to get him, and he did. The long prep, they were able to get Michigan State. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing for him. Kind of like this Texas team just being happy to be out the Big 12 because now you already faced some of the best competition in the nation, but other teams haven't seen you before, so prepping for you is different. There's one way to prep. And then getting on the court and execute that. And when you play against a guy a couple of times, you get a feel of the way he plays. When you see a guy the first time, like Michigan State did with Marquise Noel, he's five foot seven. So if you're Michigan State, you shouldn't be helping on anybody. You should let your man stay with him or at least try to because he's small. So even if he blows by you, you have a good chance of blocking that shot on coming back and blocking the shot, which they did last night a couple of times mm-hmm. for uh, uh, Michigan State. They had a couple of blocks on them uh, during the second half, which led into overtime. But if he starts hitting threes, it makes you play up on them, and then he goes by you. But if you haven't seen him before, then your natural reaction, which is to do with every guard when they blow by somebody, is to help the guard. You have to help the helper. So if a guy gets to the rim, there should be somebody there to stop him. And since he's so small, you shouldn't worry about that. But they did. And he was dropping dimes. They were cutting at the right time. Yeah. Carter and Keontae Johnson and no and Tomlin, they all cut at the right time time their timing's incredible it's insane <laughs> it really is yeah. and these alley-oop plays that they'd run and marquise noel's vision like we talked about yesterday him going back to new york might have been the worst thing that could have happened to michigan state yeah you could feel it god you could feel that building how much he, he was enjoying it chad he had rappers cameron and mace you remember mace bam, 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 bam. we'll play some mace later and some cam mace on good yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah mace that he was there feel so good both of those guys feel so good. <laughs> right yeah, both yeah. of those guys were pretty good basketball players in they in their day but they're from harlem they went to the game just to see this dude and have his back so for a new york guy like himself pressure that's not pressure. That's a show. He's good. Hey, real quick. We're look. right by the Apollo. It's time to put on a show for y'all. Let me ask you, speaking of a show, let me ask you this one particular play. That shot they got of Noel looking over to Jerome Tang, and it looked like they were arguing, and then he throws the alley-oop for the du- – was that a work? Was that like a Patrick Mahomes moment where they deke the defense? It might have been. I-, I think it was. Because if it was, that is so effing brilliant. I've never seen that in basketball in my life. That's what I thought, though, when I saw the replay. Like, that might have been planned. Well, A.J. Hogarth, that's horrible defense, for one. Because it looked like A.J. Hogarth, who was in the passing lane, which, as a defender, you got to see your man. You got to see man and ball. And he was on the wing playing really high in the passing lane Mm -hmm. while Keontae Johnson was in the corner. So he's deeper than you. That's a no-no. That. That can't happen. So it's easy for him to sneak behind it's him. It's very yeah. easy. You're basically asking him to. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it also looked like when Marquise Noel was waving off Jerome Tang, like, no, coach, I got this. F you, coach. The hell with you. I'm doing well. You see, I got almost 30 right now, 15-something assists. F you, coach. Lob. See, that's what I'm saying. Was that all a work? It felt like it. It felt like they Patrick mahomes them. Yo, and it looked like. My man, A.J. Hogarth, was paying attention to that. It was like, what? Is he really getting into it with his coach of one minute left? And all of a Wait sudden a that, minute. All of a sudden that ball's over his head. Behind your head. 
behind Ooh. your head. With, so with the double, yeah, with the reverse. The reverse. That's just stupid. In clutch time, that's oh. just stupid, dude. That was incredible. And then the play of the game was Marquise Noel's steal at the end. Yes, for all that he'd done, twenty and nineteen assists. By the way, that's an all-time record. Forever and ever, the whole tournament, that's the most assist anyone's ever had in a game. So congrats to Noel for that. But then you're right. You talk about the cherry on the Sunday, the period on the sentence. Now I'm going to pick your pocket and you don't even get a shot? Yeah. That's incredible. NBA scouts need to take a chance on He might not get drafted because he is old as hell. Marquise Noel, he's been in college for a while. He might look like a little baby. He's but 35. Yeah, John Calipari <laughs> said he might look like a little kid, but he old as hell. You know, <laughs> out here, Gary Coleman and these boys. Uh, but, you know, the NBA needs to take a look because Ty Henderson made a good point this morning on B&E. He said J.J. Barea had a really good career at that height. And J.J. Barea wasn't the passer like that. Now, in the NBA, it's clearly a different game. You're playing way more superior athletes, but the game's different. You get way more space. So Marquise Noel, he he could be pretty good in the league just because they already can't guard him in college. There ain't no space in college, and he's blowing by guys there and creating. It's just about his defense. And I see guys like Jose Alvarado for the Pelicans. You know, he got way more talent than him, but Jose Alvarado's a little bit bigger. So Marquise Noel, even if he doesn't go to the association, he made himself a ton of money in this tournament. Probably be able to play in Europe for a decade or so, not have to worry about rent, taxes, or food or nothing, get his own chef and his own, you know, whip and stuff like that, and come back to the States when in the summer and stuff and live like a king, like a lot of guys do. Somebody texted, who does K-State play? They play FAU next, who took out Tennessee. We'll get into some of the other games from last night. FAU beat Tennessee. UConn just busted Arkansas up, and Gonzaga and UCLA played the game. Everybody Put that did. shirt on, Muss. And, uh, did he take it off? I didn't no, even see. But he, he kept it on. Nah, he probably feels dumb for taking okay. it off. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure we didn't have a weird, like, we got beat that bad, I'm just going to take off all my clothes. And yeah, and I, yeah. I'm uh, assuming this shirt would stay on last I night. I didn't know Bill Murray was a UConn fan. Is that where he's hanging out now? Yeah, because he's been in the stands. He was there last week, huh. whoever they played and beat to get to this next game, and he was there last night. He was telling Dan Hurley, UConn coach, take your shirt off, take your shirt off. <laughs> he had a nephew or something a couple years ago that was, let's see, it was Julia Louis-Dreyfus had the connection at Northwestern. I remember that. Bill had something else. I didn't think it was UConn a couple years ago. I'm not sure. I haven't heard exactly why. I did see Bill checking out a game, but I haven't heard what the connection is. Uh, also, before we hit the break, Zay, just a real quick prediction. What's your gut on Houston right now? You picking them to win? you think Miami wins? What was that injury report? You said you had an injury report. What, I, I need to hear that. What I heard was Jamal Shedd said he feels like he's back to 100%, Ooh. and Sasser says he feels like he's at about 90 that's, yeah, you, that's, I'll take U of H by five. Take Houston. Okay. I'll take Houston. Yeah, yep. that's that. That to me was good. Miami news. scares me. If you're if you're I, a Cougar I, fan, I like Pack and Wong. Those brothers could hoop, and they got some dudes that be flying around, and they're not scared of the moment. They were here last year getting to the Elite Eight and stuff, so they ain't afraid of the moment at all. We'll talk a lot more hoops, obviously, today. Texas getting ready for Xavier. We also have some NFL notes for you coming up at 105. Up next, in the crap bag, sometimes there's not one goat. In this case, I think there might be three. This story still freaks me out. We'll hit it next on the horn. Chad and Zay. 
Well, now you're really going to make him drive 90. I mean, come on. How do you not get going with this one? Huh? Huh? Come on, Rob. Uh-huh. Oh, good grief. Yo, hopefully this is a lot of horror fans tonight because it's going to be late as hell when that game ends. That's right. Living after midnight. Woo! There you go. Definitely loaded. Judas Priest and Living After Midnight. My favorite heavy metal band of all time. Priest and Mountain getting us started today. That is good stuff. Usually it's late in the set when you get the Living After Midnight. Still just, oh, still gets me. Still gets me on that. Uh, good stuff. If you're driving right now and you were listening to Zay Get You Pumped Up and now you're listening to Judas Priest, please be careful. Because even though Jason from APD says they understand if you're speeding, he didn't specifically say they wouldn't pull you over. He just said they'd understand. That's different than saying you're going to get out of the ticket. So please be careful on this Friday. Uh, a lot of good texts coming in. Thank you for those of you, uh, those of you that uh, put the pieces together. I was right that it wasn't UConn for Bill Murray a few years ago, but now it makes sense why it would be another school, and now it's UConn. It's his son who's an assistant coach. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so, just realized that too. His son is an assistant. He was at Xavier, ironically, Texas opponent tonight. If you remember him wearing the X hat a couple years ago because he was on that staff. But now he's at UConn with Hurley. Which Hurley's at UConn? I know it's not Bobby, but what's the kid's name? Dan. Dan Hurley. That's Dan it. Hurley. That Hurley family can coach. Yeah, they're pretty play. They're pretty good basketball minds over coach there. Coach play. Yeah, they, they get it all. Uh, so Dad's a legendary our high school coach in the New Jersey area. Yeah, the dad can outcoach any of them. Uh, and then, yeah, so now he's on that staff. So that's why Bill Murray is hanging out with UConn, in case you missed it. And- yeah, salute to Dan, because I know that was tough. Growing up, your big brother, Bobby Jr., Oof. just Duke legend. That had to be that tough. tough. Did Dan play? I'm sure he did. Somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he played somewhere. Uh, and also, Glenn Bobby. Also, to our man Nate, who texted in, Blue Chew makes me taller than Noel. There's no reason. <laughs> there's no reason to, to discuss it. Although, if you listen to the afternoon show and listen to the station, you may have learned that Mike Harge does have a, uh, a new product that he would like to let you know about. Yeah, if I'm Tom Izzo, I'm cussing out John Calipari because what he said about Marquise Noel, you know that kind of pissed him off. Don't yep. you? Yeah, why fire him up? Why? Calling him little kid? Like any small person, like little man syndrome, they'll yeah, don't lose do it. Don't do that. They'll lose it. Yes, I <laughs> don't do that. It did get him fired up. Marquise Noel is now the all-time assists leader in an individual tournament game. Incredible stuff with 19 assists last night. Yeah, they put a stat up on ESPN earlier, Chad, and it had Jason Kidd, your favorite coach, Mm -hmm. TJ Ford, happy birthday, Yep, and then Marquise Noel. Wow. Like an assist total. Like points and assists in the tournament, like three games, and... Marquise Noel's numbers are better than both of those guys. Yeah, it's crazy. He and right, he we'd already talked about his first two games because they really showed up, and he was getting a love. And Kenny Smith is calling him the new Mighty Might, and that was happening the first two games. And then he goes for 19 assists last night. So just the legend keeps growing. 
with Marquise Noel. Yeah. Impressive stuff. Kansas State will face FAU in the next round uh, for a trip to the Final Four, and it's UConn and Gonzaga. It's good stuff uh, on the basketball side. We'll keep talking about those games, get back into that at 105. Real quick, let's get you a crap bag segment here. I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out. I think we may have found the perfect couple and three goats. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. We talked briefly about this story yesterday, but I want to make sure everybody understands what happened this week because there's a lot going on. Giselle Bunchen, the legend herself, did an interview with Vanity Fair, and a lot of people thought, oh, my God. Here it comes. Time to spill the tea. Here comes the, yeah, right. Every bit of tea will be spilled. All the shade shall be thrown. She's going to just drag Tom from one side to the other. Here we go. And then it didn't happen. Giselle Bunchen clearing up the rumors about what had gone on, says that the decision was arrived at amicably with gratitude for the time we spent together. She denied the very hurtful rumors that the on-again, off-again retirement from football was the root of that dissolution. She said, listen, I've always cheered for him. I would continue forever. If there's one person I want to be the happiest in the world, it's him. Believe me, I want him to achieve and to conquer. In this article, she says that there is no truth to any of the silly rumors about her being with the trainer. There's no truth to a rumor that she's dating some friend of his that's in real estate yeah, or whatever We didn't even know about that. Hadn't even heard the rumor, and she said, no, no, no. I know that guy, but no, I would not be with one of his friends. Because let's really break this down, Zay. Giselle Bunchen is not just any wife. We have been over this many, many times, and Sports Talk Radio has hit it a lot. Tom made less money than her throughout the whole run. She was the most famous model on earth at one point. Maybe still is. Do we really think Giselle Bunchen doesn't know how to interact with men in her life and not have relationships? She's probably pretty good at it by now, right? Yeah, I think so. And she's saying that for her, there's a code. There's a code. There's a list of men. There's a group of men that she's just not allowed to be with. And I love that. Because I like that code. I live by that code. If something happened with me and my wife, and my wife goes off to live her life, and I go off to live my life, there's a list of people I'm not allowed to date. There just is. That's a code. There's right. a list of people she's not allowed to, to date and yeah. even think about. Yeah, obviously, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, and that family didn't talk about this. They did not talk about it. Right. right. <laughs> so I love that for Giselle. But I am also now thinking that we may have three goats in one story. They're already calling Tom the goat for multiple reasons. If he is taking the high road and not ripping on Giselle, and then Giselle's going to take the high road and not rip on Tom, we have not heard about any provable stories of anybody cheating on anybody. Now they're divorced, so they can date whoever they want. And Zay, the little added ingredient is Moynihan to me. Because I'm reading in this article that Giselle says she will now be working with Tom and Giselle to do what's best for these kids. To raise these kids like they need to. They have all these houses all over the, all over the world. They're going to use them strategically. And she says the Miami house is important to her because it gets her to Brazil when she needs to do that, but it also puts her in contact with Moynihan, who she has a great relationship with. This 
thing is blowing my mind. Yeah, that's goat stuff, Tom. This is three goats. Well done, Tom Brady. Well done. Because apparently you picked the two most perfect women on earth that can now actually get along, and you're raising these, what is it, three kids total or four? I it's don't know. three, I think. I think it's the, a girl and a couple boys. The oldest boy is Moynihan's, and then I think there's two others or three. I can't remember the full number. It's either three or four. But God love all of you. Well done, Tom. Well done, Giselle. Well done to Bridget Moynihan. They are all goats in my book. They are all obviously staggeringly pretty and staggeringly famous. But let's find out. We'll find out if this is real or not, Zay, because there are people that whose job it is to be 500 yards away with a high-powered camera to figure out what's going on. TMZ exists. We'll find out. Yeah. I mean, you can't deny the photos where she's riding horses with old boy. That looked a little romantic. Just saying. It looked a little romantic. It wasn't nothing. She wasn't touched up all of them. Just it looked a little romantic. Now, if he's the trainer, it just could be horse training, right? We could just be training. Just horseback True. riding could be the little, little cardio. True. Where are the kids at, though? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're talking about the kids. Where where the kids at? That's a fair question. Kids gone. It's just you two. It looks a little bit romantic. Dude, can you imagine trying to maintain? I am all for platonic relationships, by the way. I'm a big fan of them. I have them in my life. I have had them throughout my life. Can you imagine trying to maintain a platonic relationship with Giselle Bunchen? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's so impressive if you can pull that off. No, no, no. Giselle and I are friends. You're friends? Whew. And that's the curse of the pretty people, Zay. That's their that's their curse. Because it's hard to be friends with it's easy to be friends with average looking people. It's easy to be friends with ugly people. It's the true hot hot hotties that ha- that are just impossible. That has to be an impossibility if you're at that level of good looking. World class, like ten plus good looking. And we're just gonna be buddies? Mm, that's gotta be tough. But you know what you get if you can pull it off? You get to hang out with Giselle and Tom, and now just Giselle, and then she invites some friends over, so, and you get to date one of them. See, that's that's going against the code. Don't be doing that, Tom. Now, for Bridget, she she, she was with Tom when he had the butt chin, so she's real, you know, she's real loyal to the situation. Yeah, she was, she was with, uh, like, Combine Day Tom. Yeah. Right? A little, yeah, more, yeah. little more weight on him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... She was with him when he was ugly, so I give her an extra pass. Giselle, she got with Tom when he was right, and she got him right too. She did help, but she you know, hurt. But you know how many fellas out there are having to pay child support because that baby mama is salty about the current baby mama that they with. Tom ain't got them problems. Mm, no. Apparently not. Apparently not. And by the way, Moynihan is aging so well. Have you seen her lately? I have not. (laughs) It's scary. My wife watches that Blue Blood show she's in with Tom Selleck. There's another guy. Tom Selleck's going to be handsome the day he dies. That dude is still really handsome. He's got to be in his 70s by now. Still looks like Tom Selleck. He's incredible. Incredible. Somebody says, I don't get the Giselle supermodel praise. Might be me, but she is not. She's just not a 10. Okay. Everybody has their type. All right. What is she if she's not a 10? You wouldn't say she's a five, would you? If she's a five, I need to see your scale. I need to see what's a 10. No, I get. Okay. Yeah. Hey, every everybody's got their own version, right? Your own favorite model or whatever. 
Giselle is uh, she is something, and uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I want to think that even the famous people can do it the right way and not drag everything through the tabloids. And if you really care about the kids, then care about the kids. And apparently these three are actually going to try to do it. So bravo. I'm interested in seeing it. Oh, and also bravo to Tom Brady. He's going to be minority owner of the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, I saw that. Who just won. That's where Becky Hammond's coaching. Right. They just won the title. And I didn't realize Mark Davis was their owner. Did you know that? The Vegas. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize that makes sense. He's right there in in Vegas. So Tom laid this video out there. Tom has big sisters, grew up going to their games. He's always loved and respected women's sports, and so that's why he wanted to get involved. Good for Tom. And he's obviously got a daughter now. So yeah, very cool. You know who else was way way into women's sports? Unfortunately, not with us anymore. Was Kobe? Yeah. I wish that could have continued for the WNBA's sake. Everything he did to connect himself to the Brianna Stewart's and the Ian uh, Ionescu's. Uh, what's mm-hmm. her first name? Sabrina. Sabrina. Thank you. Um, and all those those WNBA players, in addition to the NBA guys we talked about that looked up to Kobe, kind of worshipped the whole Black Mamba idea. That was fun to see because he and and his daughter would go to those games and yeah. everything. Yeah, obviously, oh, um, ends up being such a, a horrible, sad story in a lot of ways. But I'm glad to see that that a big time male athlete is connecting himself now to the WNBA. Maybe he gets a few extra eyeballs on that sport. So there you go. Three goats, and they're going to try to raise the kids. Let's hope we don't see them all in TMZ sports tomorrow and prove me wrong. One o'clock hour coming up. Texas and Xavier tonight. We also have some NFL headlines, including the update on Lamar Jackson, which just doesn't feel good for Lamar. Let's hope he can get through this. We'll tell you what happened on the horn.